Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Revival Cry. This is your host, Eric Miller. I'm so grateful that you are joining me today on this program. For many of you that are listening, you may have listened to our podcast, which we continue to put up every week that has gone around the world into 120 different nations by the grace of God. And now we are also coming to you on Mango Radio here from Davao City on the island of Mindanao in the Philippines. And it is such an honor to be able to partner with Mango Radio and to come into your homes, into your vehicles, and just talk about what Jesus is doing. I don't know about you, but we've all went through a lot these last three years, and I'll probably talk about that in upcoming episodes, but here's the fact of the matter. All kinds of things around us have changed, but Hebrews tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Listen, I want to invite you. Maybe you're like, I don't know who this guy is. Who's Eric Miller? Maybe some of you have heard of our ministry here, Fire School Ministry. We're based again in Davao for 20 years. Can you believe it? And and by the way, happy new year, happy 2023. Amazing that we're Uh, already celebrating the new year, but it was 20 years ago that my family, along with four other families, moved here to Davao City and made it our home to be missionaries, to share the gospel, to make disciples, to serve the Filipino people whom we love dearly. And it's been such an honor. I want to get more into that in a moment, but if you'd like to find out more about who we are and what we do, we have a website called www.revivalcry.org. That's revivalcry.org. You can go there and check out all the links. We have a Revival Cry YouTube channel. Uh, Again, I said before, we have the podcast We have Facebook pages, Instagram, all the social media stuff. Check us out, like, subscribe, let us know that you're listening, maybe where you're listening from. And especially those of you here in the Philippines, since this is our very first radio program, which by the way, we'll be doing this twice a week. So we'll be coming to you every Thursday evening, 6.30 p.m. to 7 p.m., and also on Saturday mornings from 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. So we're going to 
be here an hour a week with you split into two different times and of course you can always go back look at that at the youtube channel and the podcast okay praise god we got all that out of the way let's just have a word of prayer father we welcome your presence i thank you for what you're doing in the philippines and around the world and we ask that you would continue to pour out your spirit and do things that only you can do. Not things that we can make happen, but Lord, that you would move in power. We pray for revival in this nation. We pray for awakening. And Lord, I pray that you would send us to the nations of the earth to share the great love of who Jesus is as forerunners in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about you know, a little bit about who we are, where we came from, some testimonies. But the purpose of Revival Cry International, a ministry that the Lord allowed us to birth in 2020, our theme is calling those wandering in the wilderness to become a voice in the wilderness. Now, I got that when we left the Philippines in February 2020, thinking we'll be back in, you know, three months. And of course, COVID and all the restrictions and lockdowns around the world, airlines shut down. It was very difficult to travel. And we just got here, returned back at the end of uh, November to the Philippines. And so for the last almost three years, it kind of felt like in the beginning that we were wandering. Even though we had been in the Philippines up until 2020 for 17 years, and we've, you know, we have a feeding program. We feed 100 kids every week in Agdal of Davao City. We we have fire school ministry. We've seen people go through our school, graduate, plant churches, go to other nations as missionaries, start youth programs, work back in their local churches, serving their leaders and making disciples and stirring the hearts of people with revival and a passion for evangelism and and missions. And we had all that going on. And then we go back to the States and we're kind of stuck feeling like we don't have a house there. So where do we go? What do we do? And I remember the Lord speaking to me one day about giving us a ministry name called Revival Cry and that we were to call those wandering in the wilderness to become a voice in the wilderness. You see, a lot of people during COVID were locked in our homes. All we could do is maybe be on Wi-Fi or listen to the radio, be with our families, of course. Maybe you weren't able to meet together as a church body. And, you know, we're wearing masks and, and so much changed. And I think it it hurt a lot of people in the sense that, they already may have been struggling. What, what's God's purpose? What's God's call upon my life? And then when, when all these restrictions came, it's like, man, is God still there? Does he love me? Does he care? And I want to encourage you, friend, that, that Jesus is still alive. He's the same. He hasn't changed. He is alive. He is, he is very much desiring that you and I would meet with him and hear his voice and know his heart so that he can lead us to a place of serving him in no matter what capacity that we're living in in this life. You know, I want to talk to you about something today. 
I want to talk to you about the word forerunner. Now, a forerunner is, is somebody that goes before someone else, you know, making an announcement, making preparations uh, before, you know, like a president would come into town. You would have forerunners that would go into town to prepare the way, saying, hey, let's put up posters and vote for, you know, Duterte, you know, the, the most recent uh, president from Davao City. And, you know, vote for this politician. And they do all kinds of advertisements, things like that. And there's two forerunners that are talked about in the New Testament. First of all, we have John the Baptist. John the Baptist's entire purpose was to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, it says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That was a prophetic scripture about the coming of John the Baptist. His whole life, from his birth until he died, was to be a forerunner to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. And you say, well, who was the second forerunner? Well, the second forerunner is actually Jesus. Jesus prepared the way for us into the most holy place. You remember the Jews had the tabernacle and the temple worship at the time. And it was very restricted worship because only the high priests can go into the most holy place, right? You had the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. Only the high priest once a year could go behind the veil into the most holy place. And see, Jesus... When he died, when he rose again, he became our high priest. And he went in to the most holy place and his blood was shed upon the mercy seat for you and me so that we could be reconciled to the Father. In Hebrews 6, verses 19 through 20, it says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Remember the veil, right? Where the forerunner, Jesus, has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. John the Baptist was a great example of who you and I should be preparing the way in the hearts of people for them to receive Jesus. We plant seeds, we water seeds in their lives. And then God is calling each one of us to die to ourselves so that we could be voices that he can use. Now, I want to go into uh, John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. And I want to just summarize verses 1 through 18. In those verses, we read about that you know, Jesus was there in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? It's a very clear verse that tells us that Jesus was not only a great prophet or a great teacher, priest, but he is God. Very clear. And it says he was with the Father and the Holy Spirit when he created all things. And that was before you and I were born before mankind was created. And Jesus' whole purpose for coming was 
to come as light to free men from the bondage of darkness, of sin. And, and when Jesus came, because we're living in darkness, they didn't recognize him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him, right? His own meaning the Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish, and he was born and grew up in a Jewish household, in a Jewish community, but his entire purpose was to save all of mankind, Jew and Gentile. But he specifically came the way that he did to fulfill all of the law and all of the prophecies that were written about him in the Old Testament, right? And when Jesus came and fulfilled all of that for us, his whole purpose was to shed his blood, to go behind the veil so that we could be saved from our sin. Some people say born again or born from above. Even though people didn't recognize him, he still laid his life down despite the way that he was treated. And God used John the Baptist to prepare men's hearts for the Jesus coming that we're still summarizing John 1 and those who put their trust in Jesus could be saved from their sin. What is sin? Sin is anything Jesus wouldn't do. Sin is breaking the commandments, the law of God. Uh, you say, well, I'm not sure if I ever sinned. Well, have you ever told a lie? <laughs> well, the commandments tell us that if you lie, you're a liar, right? Have you ever uh, stolen something? Have you ever hated somebody? If you hated somebody, that's considered murder to God. Even if you didn't commit the act of murder, just the thought of it or the act of adultery of the heart, which is lust. It's the same as committing adultery is what Jesus said in Matthew, right? Jesus never sinned. He was born as a man, as you and I are, men and women, and he grew up, was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. And then he comes so that he could save us from our sin. He became the perfect sacrifice by shedding his blood. And so what I want to get to here is John chapter 1, verses 19 through 28. We're going to finish it out here today. In verse 19, it says, Now this is a testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? You see, that, that's a question all of us have to ask ourselves. You see, I didn't grow up in church. Actually, I didn't go to church until I was 14 years old in the state of New York. I grew up about an hour north of New York City, and I didn't really know who I was. And there's three questions all of us have to ask ourselves as we grow up in this life. Number one, where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? You see, the evolutionists can't answer that for us. The, even the theologians can't answer that. But God's word can answer that for us. He's our creator. He gives us purpose for why we're here. When we die, we know we're going to spend eternity with him if we are saved and have put our faith in Jesus Christ completely. So all of us have this question, who are you? And I started going to church when I was 14. It was a Presbyterian church. The pastor was baptized in the Holy Spirit. My family was a blended family. I had my stepfather, my stepsisters, my stepbrother, my real brother, my mom. And it was like World War III in our home until we started to come to Jesus and going to church. And all these great things were happening. But at the same time we started going to church, I started, you know, 
as a young man, 14 years old, looking at pornography and dating and doing all these things. And I got so caught up in lust, I became a slave to it for the next seven to like nine years. It absolutely ruled my life. I became a slave to sin, like a drug addict, as, a, as an addict to drugs, right? I was to lust and perversion and all these things. And so I struggled with the question, who are you? And I heard about a church in the state of Delaware that my parents had moved to. And I was still in New York. And they said, why don't you come on down? And I go down and their church was looking for a youth leader. And so I was going to church, you know, I wore the Christian t-shirt. I had a fish on my car, you know, the fish logo, right, of the early church. You know, I was saying and doing the right things before people, but yet my heart was not completely surrendered to God because I wasn't walking in freedom from sin. A lot of people say they're a Christian. You know, a lot of people say I'm a Christian because I go to church. But like Keith Green said, just because you go to Jollibee or to McDonald's doesn't make you into a cheeseburger or chicken joy. What makes you and I a Christian is when we surrender our will and our life to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to surrender your life to the Lord and to not allow yourself to be worried about figuring out who I am because you'll never know who you are, friend, until you are born again. Praise God. So when they asked John, who are you? When, when he was asked, who are you? He confessed and didn't deny, I'm not the Christ. See, it was probably tempting for John because so many people were coming to hear him preach and he became pretty popular as that wild preacher who was living in the wilderness, right? And they asked him, who are you then? Are you Elijah? He said, are you not? Are you a prophet? And he said, no. And we do know that John was a prophet, but they were wanting to pressure him to say something about himself that he wasn't comfortable with. They were trying to make him into something better than what he really was. And see, the real test of being a Christian is knowing who you are in Christ and not trying to promote yourself above Jesus in front of people. You see, I don't mind if people call me pastor or evangelist or missionary or whatever they want to call me, but my title is not found in what other people call me. I'm a son of God. I'm not the son of God like some people in Mindanao tend to think that they're the son of God. <laughs> the son of God, the appointed son. I think you know who I'm talking about. The reality is there's only one son of God. And because he went behind the veil, my friend, and shed his blood, you and I can become sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we can know who we are in Christ. And we can become a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus coming in our hearts. Amen. They're saying who, who you are. And he responded to them, I'm just a voice of one crying in the wilderness. My greatest joy and desire in life is to be a voice. John did not want to promote himself. He wanted to promote Jesus. You see, our highest goal and, and, and opportunity in life are to be forerunners, just like John. 
And because of what Jesus has done for us, we can go and tell the world that you can be free, that you can know the love of the Father, that you can be reconciled, that you can be forgiven of your sin, my friend. Anybody who's listening in the sound of my voice, I want you to know it's possible to live holy. You see, let me finish the rest of the story. When I was a youth pastor, I was there for three and a half years, and I saw a youth group grow to 75 students. We did all kinds of special events and great things, but still I was living in sin. And then there was a day where I repented in front of the church and I got right with God. I walked down the middle of the aisle, and as I did, I felt like chains with hooks in my flesh were pulled out of me, and I've never been the same since August of 1997. My friend, it is possible to live free to live holy, to live desperately in love with Jesus and to know that he has a great plan and a purpose for your life. You see, John recognized who he was in after he found Jesus. And that's the goal of Revival Cry. It's for you to find out who you are in Christ so that God can use your voice to be a a proclaimer, an announcer, one, a herald that tells the world that Jesus is alive. He's not dead. See, friend, despite all the restrictions and hardships and challenges that we've all faced, the fact of the matter is, God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you always. You know, after I got right with God, we heard about a revival in Pensacola, Florida, that started in 1995 and went on for five years. It was called the Pensacola Outpouring. Others called it the Brownsville Revival. And I have been to conferences and big events and heard high-powered speakers and great worship teams and all that. But this was different. This was God pouring out His Spirit. And within five years, four and a half million people coming through the doors of this local church in the city of Pensacola, Florida. We heard about it. We went down there. And friend, people would stand in line 10 to 12 hours a day just to get into that revival atmosphere, into that presence of the Lord that was being poured out at that time that was so special and so unique. I've seen a lot of great ministry and powerful things, lives change for the last 20 plus years. But friend, my heart longs to see a revival and awakening like that again. Maybe not exactly like it was in just one local church, but I would love to see every church in Davao City, in Mindanao, in the Philippines, in the nation set ablaze with revival fire. See, I believe it's possible, but it begins with you and I surrendering our hearts to the Lord, saying, I want to be a voice in the wilderness. When I got to that revival, I walked in and I heard this man named Steve Hill, evangelist Steve Hill, preaching the gospel. And this man was a man on fire for Jesus. His heart burned for God. And I want to tell you, I'd never heard anybody so hungry for the Lord. And it drew Casey and I, my wife, to a closer relationship with Jesus so much so that we went back home to the state of Delaware 
And we said, we got to move down there. I ended up going through the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. I go through the School of Ministry for two years. I see the power of God, thousands of people coming to Jesus for the three, three and a half years that we lived there. It was just so supernatural seeing, you know, people addicted to drugs get immediately set free, seeing people get healed, demons coming out of people. I thought, is this is New Testament Christianity. You know, somebody once said that the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles, has no formal closing. And I think it's like 28, 29 chapters. And you read the book of Acts, and you see it's not ever closing. And I believe that's God's purpose because he wants us to recognize that we are to be continuationists. We are to believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is still for today. Remember I said in the beginning, Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Exodus, he tells Israel, I am the Lord and I do not change. You and I change because we got to become more like Jesus. Amen. After we find out our voice, and who we are in Christ and find out our voice, God begins to use us. When I graduated from the Brownsville School Ministry, there was a missions trip to General Santos in the Philippines. And there were about 20 people on the trip. I didn't feel called to the Philippines at the time. And, and yet before I came on that trip, I found one book in our school library in Pensacola, and it was called Fire in the Philippines. And it was about the story of the Foursquare church revival here in Mindanao in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. And it was led by uh, Nanai Evelyn Thompson and her husband, Arthur Thompson, who were missionaries based in Davao. And the God broke out here so powerfully, and that revival went around Mindanao. And so when I read that book and I came to General Santos, I didn't know where the epicenter of the revival actually took place in Davao. But when I was talking to people. Nobody knew who Evelyn Thompson was. And I thought, well, maybe it's just really a long time ago and people don't know. But in short, we left. And nine months later, I'm in the States. The Lord calls my family along with four other families to move the Davao City as missionaries. And on our way to move here, we met a man named Ray Kiloton. Ray uh, and Vicky Kiloton, maybe some of you know them. They were in a Foursquare church for years. Part of a ministry, they started Philippine Challenge. It was part of Dawn, a discipling a whole nation. Uh, and anyhow, we met them. He knew Evelyn Thompson and was surprised that we knew him. And when we moved to the Philippines in January 2003, we got on a flight from Pensacola to Atlanta to Los Angeles to Manila and then to Davao and when we stopped in Los Angeles Evelyn Thompson was still alive she was 93 years old and uh, Nong Ray actually opened a door for us to connect with her we went to her house she shared with us all these amazing stories of how God moved in great power and revival and then we she prayed for us she laid hands on us and we moved to the Philippines. And now here I am 20 years later talking to you on Mango Radio about the great things that the Lord has done. Listen, I'm almost at the end of my time here today, but I kind of wanted to just give a little bit of introduction to you of who we are, what God's doing, and why our hearts burn for revival. You see, my friend, I believe 
that even though we haven't been here in the last two and a half years because of COVID, and now the Lord allowed us to come back here, that there's still a great calling upon the Filipino people. That the Filipinos are called to be some of the greatest missionaries around the world. And whether you stay here in the Philippines or go to another nation or not is not the point. The fact is, if your heart gets on fire for Jesus, if you surrender your life and your will to Him, then I believe you can experience, as Evelyn Thompson told us one, the time that we met her, that it'll be the greatest experience that we ever had. Oh, friend, we love you. We love you no matter where you're listening from today. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody listening to me in the sound of my voice. I ask that you'd draw them to yourself. Show them how much you love them. And let revival fire burn within their heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, friend. Please check us out on www.revivalcry.org. Like, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Revival Cry. And let us know. Send us an email to info at revivalcry.org. God bless you. We'll see you on our next program. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week.